Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor, where you'll discover the stories behind the movers and shakers in the entertainment and business world. Now here's your host, Jordan Baylor. Welcome, 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 and hello, creator. I absolutely love the mission of the Offstage podcast. We are booking guests who are pushing for anything beyond a conventional life. And today's guest had my head reeling with thoughts. With coronavirus floating through the air and so much talk of job loss and and unemployment, it's very easy to forget about who is still working and the absolute state of the workplace. That's where Vivian Aqua comes in. She is a workplace wellness advocate whose thoughts on remote working and the future of the workplace had my head kind of spinning, to be honest with you. In fact, I had never really given much thought to the state of the workplace and how we can actively seek improvement through work. I just kind of thought companies just did it. I never really thought about how it was accomplished. Vivian opened my eyes that everything is consistently an active project in need of improvement. So now, without further ado, I bring to you the work-changing Vivian Aqua. Hi, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Vivian Aqua on the line. She's all the way speaking to me from the Netherlands. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Jordan. Thank you. (laughs) She is a workplace advocate. Uh, She's a TV show. Uh, well, I watched an episode of her health cooking show, uh, Cooking Back to Our Roots, which was really insightful. Uh, it was it, just like cooking healthy meals <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> with yes. friends and just deep conversations. I was like, okay, I want to see the, I want to see more of this. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's a, a podcast host of Let's Humanize the Workplace. Um, first question, who is Vivian Aqua? I always love to ask that. Mm-hmm. Vivian Aqua, so I'm I'm turning 40 this year, and um, you mentioned that I live in the Netherlands. I live in Amsterdam, and my roots are from Ghana, but I'm born and raised in the Netherlands. Um, I am a multi-passionate woman, multi-driven. Um, being having worked in finance and IT for about 14 years, and becoming a mom changed everything for me. My son Orlando changed my world, my, my, the, the view, the way I viewed my world, but also uh, what matters in life. Because after enduring pregnancy discrimination and working in a male-dominated environment, I knew that I had to do something and make a shift. I was also very overweight, almost nearing to obese, and losing my grandmother to um, the effects of diabetes made me create a show which started from an idea. Um, I won the local diabetes idea in the Netherlands. Um, And this show came to me in a vision, in an idea. And it was a good way for me to to pay a tribute to my grandmother, Uh, but also keep her memory alive. So Cooking Back to Our Roots was merely a show to show um, mainly the people from in the Netherlands, but also the, the people for with a non-Western background, how they can cook healthy and still respect the culture, because the culture is very important for people uh, with a non-Western background. And um, it was it was great. I mean, I did Suriname dishes, I did Antilles dishes, I did Moroccan dishes. And it was a very uh, 
good thing to do. And it molded me to become where I am today because um, as a workplace wellness advocate, I help organizations with keeping their their people healthy, happy, and safe. But I also, uh, I shared previously with you before that I'm a nerd and I really love the tech stuff. I really love doing the nerdy things like this, like a podcast or a broadcast. So, mm-hmm. um, and I also wanted to use my voice, wanted to amplify my own voice by speaking on things that are good, but also speaking on things that companies and employees can, employers, employees and employers can do better. Mm-hmm. And that's why I created the show, Let's Humanize the Workplace, where I have weekly conversations with various experts uh, known experts, but also experts who I feel that, like they should be known to talk about what we need to do to humanize, to bring back the, the human factor in the workplace. And now it's the remote workplace, but uh, we people, we need to treat each other better. Well, why did you decide to tackle just the workplace? I know you said that, you know, you went mm-hmm. through your issues uh, with your discrimination. You mm-hmm. know, it was discrimination against you as mm-hmm. a pregnant woman. But why was, you know, sometimes people just go through that and just go, well, you know, that just happened to me. What what, what made you go, you know, what? I need to stand up for all people. Because it's like, you know, you said the same thing happened to you with the diabetes as well. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it touched you on a, on a personal level. And then you were like, well, I need to make this show to educate everyone. Where, where did this, this drive or this sense to just kind of help everybody you know because some people just go through stuff and they just kind of take it internally and this is just mm-hmm. move on i don't know i believe in um the quote um if you want to be the change if you want to see any change be the change and it's it starts from me showing or me helping people see raising awareness to see that we can do better of course i've been bitter i've been sad and i've been angry but that won't make the world better. And I have a son. I have to set a, you know, in my way, set a good example. And uh, you're asking me where it comes from. It comes from my grandmother. She was always, even though she 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 went through so much in her life, um, she always was graceful and always helping uh, others and always uh, seeing the best in people. Even though I've been treated badly in some of, in some work occasion, doesn't mean that the whole world is badly, and doesn't mean that all people are bad. It took me a while to see that, but I know that there are there is good in people, and I I truly believe that we need more of that. Wow, I love that. All right, so let's go back to the beginning. Like, what puts you in the shift to say my words have meaning? I can do mm-hmm. this. I have something to add to the workplace. Like, how did you begin to shape your career? It started with my son. Like. Um, it's weird to to compare myself with Beyonce, but Beyonce, when she became a mother, she had this whole new power, this whole new energy, and she had like a, I can't swear, but a fu mentality. I don't care what people say, and I I am going to build on uh, my 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 tribe and my legacy. Something shifted when she became a mother, and mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that shift because. You know, becoming a mother and being through that whole stage and even going through birth, going through labor, um, I can do it all because I've I've seen I've seen my own strength. I've uh, yeah, I've seen my own strength and I know what I'm capable of. And um, the challenges that I that I see now is just a small hurdle because of that wow. power. Yeah. 
That is that is beautiful. I mean, I've heard people say that like something in them shifts when they have a child, mm-hmm. and you really just like man, it just kind of gave you just a whole new sense of energy. Yeah. It kind of it kind of gave clarity to your life, if you will. Yeah, I, I I see myself, and I love to maybe refer it to the X Men. There is this part of I really love the X Men, and there is you really this are part, nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have a few things that I like, <laughs> but there is, there is this part of X Men where. The phoenix arises, and I feel like my son has given me the opportunity to become a phoenix, to arise and to live again. Because before him, I'm very tall. I'm six foot something, but I'm very tall. I think it's, um, I have to calculate it, but uh, it's one meter 86 in uh, centimeters. Um, And I've made myself invisible, invisible for a long time. Uh. Being tall, being, you know, being big. And even though people notice me, I dressed down, I dressed black and I was making myself very invisible while I should be there. Now you see my purple hair and now people cannot, you know, people spot me everywhere. And it's not about people spotting me, but making my presence, uh, making my, my actions, but also making what I have to say stick. And that's why I did it start when you first realized that, you know, I have to be seen. What was the first thing you went and did to like peacock, if you will? Um, was it the hair? The hair, I, um, yeah, it started with the hair, but the hair wasn't purple then. I shaved the sides of my hair, of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, also to, to, just like I said, I'm turning 40, but people refer to me or look at me like I'm 25. And it's definitely a rebirth that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something, but also the way I dress. I tend to not wear black anymore unless I have something else that is colorful. But I tend to speak up in my 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 uh, my scarf, my headscarf, in my mm-hmm. hair, in the way that I wear my earrings, in the way that I dress so that people cannot forget me. They cannot forget me. They always know that tall lady or that lady with purple <laughs> hair or we see you, we see you there. And that's what I do. I, I love that, Vivian. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So um, how, as a workplace advocate, how do you diagnose a problematic workplace and how do you fix it? Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be like a one-time thing where you go into a company and then you kind of just tell them how to be better and then just like leave. Like it has to be like a new constant to change things. Right. I, I don't sure. know. No, 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 no. You're definitely right on, on the workplace wellness part. Um, a company mostly uh, contacts me based on the survey that they did. So there is maybe a disengagement survey or they see a lot of disengagement uh, rates um, in the survey and they contact me to ask me what can I what can we do because I'm not there to fix it I'm there to support them to fix it because it's there um, it started with them and it will end with them I'm just the a company or the workers no the, or the are company. you more of a mediator yes see me as a mediator see me as uh, an advisor to help mm-hmm. them to to uh, address things in a different way to address people in a different way and also create teams that are engaged that where people stay longer where people um working happily with each other and if somebody leaves the house won't break down the house uh-huh. won't break down foundation yeah. yes that's what i was looking yeah. for the foundation doesn't won't break 
I like that. I like that because I always wonder. I was like, say if it's a big, all right? Because you know, I was I, I read like a lot of books about the tech community, and mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm in the tech, you're in the tech, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and there's always problematic problems within the culture, <laughs> within the culture. Like I read the book uh, Super Pumped, and it's about like uh, Uber and mm-hmm. how they started, but then how they built like this boys' culture to where they like overworked the male engineers, and they really didn't give women a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. And if you were like a low level engineer, they kind of worked you honestly to the point where some people died. So it was very mm-hmm. toxic. And there's just so much money on the table that they just go, well, just, just keep moving. So mm-hmm. how do you even, how do you even fix it? Because it seems like the morals are broken. You know, yeah. it's just about money. I don't know how you even go about it. Um, it can be more, yeah, it can be about money, but also when a company is going too fast, growing too fast, it mm-hmm. can, they can lose their values. They can lose their, their initial values. And if they don't pass it on to, the manager or to the people and remind the people why they do what they do and why they started this and why it is important to put their people first because it's the people without the people you couldn't have done uber you couldn't have done all these these companies and sometimes organizations uh like or managers or ceos seem to t- seem to forget um there is a lucky thing that there are a few ceos that are seeing that and are noticing that we need the people and why not interact with them in a human way so um i used to look up to richard branson uh that mm-hmm. was before COVID. what what happened what i i haven't seen anything how is how is all of his virgin companies handling COVID? Uh, he was the first, one of the first who told that he's going to fire everybody. He's going to fire a lot of people. And mm. I was very disappointed because all these quotes that I quoted him, all these things that I used mm-hmm. uh, did not, were not applicable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You start, so I, I mean, the, 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 yeah. I've lost my trust yeah. in him. Yeah. I've lost my trust in him. Who I do look up onto is uh, a company like Starbucks. A uh, company like Shopify, uh, who really stepped up, supporting their people, sharing maybe budgets for remote working, but also sharing, uh, saying that uh, the family members and and the co the the, the employees can use um, mental health therapy because being at home, working from home, and working dealing maybe with kids or maybe you are a caregiver. Uh, there are so many challenges nowadays where people are working from home and even the back-to-back meetings with Zoom. There is even this thing called Zoom fatigue where people are planning their whole days with video calling and where our eyes and brains are not accustomed to that. Yet. <laughs> no, 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 not, not even yet. We aren't accustomed to that. It's not. We are not meant to spend so much time behind the screens uh, doing that video calling, and I, you are accustomed because you're working from home often. I am also accustomed to it, but know that a lot of people aren't accustomed to the situation, and they are now being through COVID. They are being forced into something where they haven't even been to, uh, where uh, the situation hasn't even uh, been marinated into their system. Mm-hmm. They are dealing with so many it's, it's, changes at once. It's too much. And companies Plus who don't provide enough tools new... for their people to cope. Yeah. Yeah, but also mm-hmm. um, 
we don't have a crisis situation like this. We never had a crisis situation like this before. And a lot of companies um, don't know how to deal with it. A lot of managers don't know how to deal with it. I even have people sending me messages that my manager is asking me, forcing me to work uh, at the office because they don't have enough v- VPN access or uh, remote access. And I'm like, wow, so my life, the, the life of that employee doesn't count because of because you are not in, investing in your IT structure. Wow. <laughs> wow. I ne- wow. I never had it broken down to me like that. That's, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. There are a lot of companies that you said like I, I, are showing their true colors. I, mm-hmm. I guess like, you know, you got um, Amazon. I think, you know? Yeah. I think, I think yeah. after... Once Corona is done, once we mm-hmm. survive this, I think the the question that I would like to challenge those who are looking for a new job, ask this question. How did your company act during Corona? What did they do? Mm-hmm. Because the answer and the way that they did will show you, you can Google it and see if what they are sharing is true. But also, you know that if this is a people-centered company, or is this a money-centered company? So as a workplace advocate, mm-hmm. and all these jobs going remote, has mm-hmm. that helped your business in a sense? Because they have to establish new rules, new ways of communication, new structures. Everything is new. So why would they not reach out to you for help with all this change? I'm hoping so. I mean, um, yeah, before Corona, I had a lot of business and now uh, I have to re-change my business. And there are things, there are things, um, let's say there are things in pipeline, but I do feel like burnout rates, the stress rates are going to be higher this year. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. The loneliness. Uh Uh-huh. Um, people and um, there are people who are alone there are people who aren't alone but still can feel alone there are people who really need their colleagues or at least need to have that social interactivity with people Um, the longer the the ban will take Mm -hmm. the much worse the mental well-being will be and also what I want to state is that the stigma regarding mental well-being will be much less because now everybody is dealing with some kind of level that is challenging towards their mental well-being. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, 100%. Mm-hmm. Because uh, people have never gone through people, you know, people always tell you, oh, stop feeling sad or just go outside, but that's mm-hmm. always the fix. And yeah. in this, this, this day and age, you can't even go outside. Right? You can't even go outside. <laughs> so now everybody's stuck in the same bubble. I think I, I'm not going to say that Corona has been 100 percent bad. I think it's it's had some good, good, good. Uh, Definitely, you know, it's had some good stuff. And then people, I think, it, like like I was telling you before the call, I think a lot of people are going to have time to to think about what they actually really want to do with their life, and they they see that their job is not everything. Your job does not define who you are, uh, what you want to do with your life. Like it's just a place where you work, but it's like it doesn't make you who you are. You know what I mean? Like. I talk to everybody in my workspace. Like I'll talk to the janitor the same way I'll talk to like the CFO. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's just who I am as a person. But you know, I, I you know, I care about people and uh, a lot of people don't, don't I mean, value everybody. And it's kind of like equalized everybody like sit, yeah. sit, sit at home, you know? 
Now, you were saying something about um, Corona is isn't all, only negative. So the, the positive thing that I see is mm-hmm. uh, companies who weren't flexible all of a sudden had to be flexible. And I hope that after this lockdown, um, they will still add in some flexibility, mm-hmm. uh, especially for those who need the flexibility to make you know family life work or make their private life uh integrate with work i love that and nature mother nature is taking over right so yeah mother nature is finally healing Mm -hmm. yeah she's finally healing she's uh she's she can breathe for a second without us running all over (laughs) yeah um, I've personally worked at Amazon. Like I used to work on the, in the warehouse, you know, on the assembly mm-hmm. lines. This was like long before the, this Corona stuff broke out. Mm-hmm. But I remember that the company, you know, at the time they really, I'm just gonna be real with you. They really didn't give a damn about my, my health. You know, it was just like, they give you a couple hours. They treat you part-time. They make you beg for healthcare. Like it was just a really, really crappy situation. So I quit after like two weeks. I was like, I can't do this. So, you know, I got, I'd rather make money doing something else than this but you, you know get, you get more companies you know people speaking about companies the way they treat them and i i i think that uh after corona it will be much worse because you have social media you have podcasts you have so many outlets for mm-hmm. people to share their their positive experience but also their bad experiences that's true that's true. But but my point with Amazon was like so much of their company and things that they put that puts the workers in danger mm-hmm. and keeps them scared is synonymous with like the company's morals and values. So it's like, you know, they're telling you to go above and beyond to meet the customer's needs. But then if you move fast like that, you kind of risk either pulling your back out or tripping over a box or honestly like hurting yourself, like mm-hmm. the, the, the rate to keep up. And then you have people looking over your shoulder, looking to write you up and then threatening you with that and be like, if you get three write-ups, you get fired. So you just, and then other people needed that job. I didn't need the job. I just wanted it. Um, and we also, we also I, have to look at ourselves, right? As a consumer, uh-huh. do we need that much? Do you need that much? Because As, uh, like, well, do we need buying, Amazon? Buying, yes. But buying from a company that is treating their employees like that. Yes. Do Would we you, need them? Do but we people, need that? Yeah, consumerism has driven everybody to the value of like rock bottom. Like it's no yeah. longer about, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's just the price. What's the price? What's the price? And it's not always like that. It's like, who am I trading with? Mm-hmm, what, sure. what is their morals, you know? Yeah. But how do you get something that's that large, that that's, that's that publicly owned and the American like society thrives on Amazon? Mm-hmm. How do you even fix it? Because the root is, I don't know, I personally think the root is kind of poison. Like, it's not the company it started out to be. You can't fix a whole company at once. You start with just one team or just a few teams or do a pilot and mm. um, and improve. Each time you tweak it and improve and then you spread it, you know, you do like a waterfall. You spread it across the other departments or you try to do that i can't take on amazon that's too big for me but what i can do is work with a team who's open and who is willing to put their people first i want you to take over amazon (laughs) (laughs) i like your morals (laughs) you can't you have so much empathy i like like it i love it i love it it. (laughs) which can be bought on amazon empathy (laughs) 
Um, I, I don't really have anything for you. Like, uh, oh, what what are you working on next? That's what I wanted to know. What am I working on next? So uh, at the moment, I am creating um, um, audio courses. Why? Why is that? Because I feel like um, just like a podcast, an audio course can be listened to and can be uh, be very thoughtful and very mindful for people at the moment. We now, and I, I previously mentioned the Zoom fatigue. Mm-hmm. People don't want to spend extra video hours after their work, especially with the situation that they are dealing now with the new normal. So I want to provide something else, which is um, supporting them by being mindful and providing some bite-sized audio courses so that they can train and, 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 and develop their personal skills. So audio courses... Mm-hmm. How long would the audio courses be? Like two, three hours or longer? No, than no, no, no. But I mentioned bite size. And when you do bite size. bite size, it's, um, I think, 45 minutes. And otherwise, if it's longer than that, I have to cut it in two and do an advanced. So that, that's the way I, I tackle it. Because I want you to listen to the courses when you're eventually on the go or doing something at home, which is on the go. And in the meantime, uh, feeding your 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 brain, leveling up your skills. Okay. When will that be launching? Within a month. I'm working oh, okay. on <laughs> Within a month, yes. And how can the people get in touch with you to uh, see more of your content, watch your listen to your podcast, watch your uh, podcast, and just uh, reach out to you, you know, just because you're all around awesome. How can they do that? Um, I'm most approachable via LinkedIn and otherwise via Twitter. So you can look mm-hmm. me up on LinkedIn, Vivian Aqua, and otherwise via Twitter, uh, Viva La Viv NL. But when you type in Vivian Aqua on Twitter or Google me, you will find me. And uh, even on Instagram, I'm there or on Facebook, I'm there. So find a way to connect. But you, the best way to reach me is LinkedIn or Twitter. LinkedIn or Twitter. And... Um... I'll put all the notes in the, I'll put all your contact info in the, in the show notes as well. I just like to thank you so much for your time and just kind of, yeah, teaching me about how to work in the workplace from uh, empathy. I really think that your mission right now is more important than it's ever been Mm -hmm. before. It kind of seemed like something we could just kind of push to the side, but now people are really feeling the effects of like their company, just dumping them like Mm -hmm. yesterday's trash because things are getting a little bit hard. So mm-hmm. that's and, yeah. and just like Maya Angelou said, right? People will forget what you say or do, but will never forget what you, how you made them feel. And this is something that is very crucial for companies, employers, but also employees and coworkers to really remember how they treat people. Even though you have to fire somebody, you can still do it in a much humane way instead of, putting people in a video call with a hundred people together and fire them in the video call. I heard about that one. That was insane. I was yeah. like, that is disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, is. it is. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been another edition of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Um, peace. Thank you for listening to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Now go forth and create.